Previously on Vanderpump Rules. Ali, you can't look at wedding cakes unless you... Oh. Has, has he proposed? Not yet. I know you feel like I'm dragging you here, but I want the ring that I want. I mean, this is a big deal. I'm going to be wearing this thing for the rest of my life. Whoa, 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 Stassi. Jackson, <laughs> 10 girls? It's disgusting. Have you ever hooked up with Tom? Have you ever kissed him? Have you ever f***ed him? No. no. For sure, no. 100% no. 100% no. We can't talk about Tom hooking up with Ariana and then deny it. I told you that because you were my girlfriend at the time. So you're acknowledging that you told me? Yes. I just don't want it to be true. He's lied and cheated before. I know I can't be with Tom, and I'm moving out. Where's Kristen? Kristen! Kristen, really? I just wanted to be close to Tom. Do you realize how stupid you look? I don't care how I look. Welcome to Vanderpump Robs, a sexy, unique recap podcast. I'm Rob Schulte. Today is an A-bomb of an episode, but we have brought the A-team to discuss it. No, not Mr. T. I welcome on Bill Tilly, a.k.a. the Card Daddy, to help me sift through all of the emotions that this episode brings on. But before that, I figured since the Bill is on the show, now would be a really good time for a lightning round of trading cards. This time, we gotta focus on the main cast and what their photo would be. So let's get started. Friend of the podcast, Peter Madrigal, dressed like a pirate. Ariana, at the vintage store. Sheena, Picture, on the float, singing her heart out. Tom Schwartz, at his apartment porch barbecue. Stassi, crying while texting. Katie, sitting in a booth, yelling at Peter's birthday party. Tom Sandoval, crying at lunch. Jax, bloody nose. That scene is still to come. Now these are just ideas but I think it's a good jumping-off point for any young creative types. Please send me your mock-ups on Twitter or at VanderpumpRobs at gmail.com. Now let's get into the recap. It's Season 2, Episode 11, Till Death Do Us Part. It's a beautiful day in Los Angeles, 79 degrees, not a cloud in the sky. And at Lisa's house in the hills, Mrs. Vanderpump is having tea with her daughter Pandora. The news is in. Shay is going to finally propose to Sheena, but he needs Pandora's help acquiring Lisa's help. What's this got to do with me? He wants it to be unbelievable and amazing. Yes, I feel something's coming on. For my help to potentially do the proposal. Why does he need your help? At your house. He wants to do the engagement at Lisa's house. The plan is to have a photo shoot with the ladies of the Divine Addiction and then surprise Sheena. No. Yes. No. Yes. Pandora is such a good friend and she's so kind and thoughtful. And I totally agree with her, but just not at my house. Lisa eventually agrees. Over at Sir, Stassi and Katie are grumpy being back at work and all. And I just want to be back on vacation. I feel like it's always hard coming back to real life 
You think after a vacation that you're going to be like, oh, so happy to be at work. It's like, no, sucks. They talk about how Kristen is flip-flopping with Tom and that the breakup is a little, who knows. It's, it's, no one really knows what's going on. But what we do know is that neither Katie or Stassi has any sympathy. And at Tom and Kristen's apartment, we see the tensions are still high. Kristen suggests that they take some time apart. Tom's flabbergasted because he doesn't know why Kristen is believing all of the rumors about him and Ariana. But Kristen takes off. She's going to go hang out in Michigan. Towards the evening at Sir, Jax's story about Tom and Ariana is expanded. I remember we were in the hotel room. He was on the phone next to me, like this, texting on the phone. What are you doing? Looked over. It's a picture of Ariana in a nightie in the bed. And I lost my up. And he's smiling and looking at me. And then he's like, just don't say anything. Me and Kristen have definitely gone through our ups and downs. But it's a rarity for me to see her this ready to get away from me. I just wish all my friends would stop shitting on me and my relationship. Tom comes out to the dumpsters and yells at Jax. And quite frankly, with hindsight of eight seasons of this show, whether or not Tom is telling the truth about his situation, he's definitely telling the truth about Jax. But Jax has this to say. I've been trying really hard to keep this a secret, but some things are just need to come out. No matter how mad Tom is at me right now, I think deep down inside that he's kind of like relieved that it's all out there. On the other side of town, we see the proposal preparation happening at Lisa's. Shay shows off the ring that he definitely bought himself. And uh, after a quick walkthrough of the proposal, Sheena arrives. Hello. Hey. Hi. Just a little. I know. My heels are in my bag. Okay. Hello. Perfect. Hi. Sorry, I've been sweating, so I smell like a donkey's ass right now. <laughs> Now that was a sentence. But before the photo shoot or the proposal happens, Sheena shows Stasi a text Ariana received from Kristen. The text is malicious and definitely cements that Kristen believes the rumors. Do not ever text or call Tom ever again. If you need a shift covered, find a third party to contact him. Do not pick up a shift when he's working to be near him. Guys, hurry up. You f***ed my boyfriend behind my back and lied to my face repeatedly. Whatever. So the plan is enacted, and Shay proposes to Sheena. It's truly an emotional moment. Of course I will. Oh my god. And everyone involved is loving love. At Stassi's apartment, Katie and Christina Kelly hang out to dish about the proposal and drink wine. But the conversation quickly pivots to Tom and Kristen. Kristen is projecting and subtweeting. They're like reading her Twitter and going, what are you doing? It's, it's like when you see a friend post a song lyric and your eyes roll so hard that you drop your phone and shatter the screen. That's kind of what's going on right now. At Sir, a friend of the podcast, Peter Madrigal, needs to have a chat with Lisa about the Cabo vacation and how Kristen is the nucleus of the Sir problem. Hello, Peter. Hey, Lisa. How you doing? Good. 
Okay, this isn't reserved, I take it. Not too Lisa respects loyalty, and even though Kristen's one of the employees who's worked there the longest, she may need to go. So, what do you want to talk about? Oh, uh, well, uh, basically Cabo. Does Stasi have a good time? Jax did come On the other side of town, though, Stasi ain't done yet. She's going to visit Tom Sandoval since he's alone and get to the bottom of what's going on. I need to get to the bottom of it. I need you to kind of explain to me what's going on because I know you think you need like, or you want? I want. Three years ago, me and Ariana made out in a swimming pool at the f***ing Golden Nugget. Yes, that did happen. Tom held all this info back because he knows yeah. that everyone would make this their deal and not his and Kristen's deal. Didn't work out very well there for you, Tom. Tom and Kristen are trying to salvage their relationship, and everyone's lies and half-truths and sticking their thumbs in the pies are making this a bigger deal than it needs to be. So a bit later, we're back at Sir, and Kristen is back in town and working. On table seven, okay. uh, blackberry cobbler, and they also, I think they want another round of drinks. Going back home to Michigan with my family was definitely what I needed. Had an emotional detox and it just kind of put me back in a good headspace. At table six, uh, they need another round of drinks too. I just need to keep my distance from Ariana. She's lied to my face over and over and over. I hope she burns in hell. It's a busy night and I wish Lisa luck. Ken and Lisa head to the sidebar and get a drink from Jax. And Jax lets her know that he's been in jail for a few nights because he had a warrant from, I don't know, 10 years ago or something, maybe 20. I'm not sure the age. Really, Jax? Just because you've been wearing handcuffs all weekend doesn't mean you've been in jail. Give me a break. Lisa, I'm not kidding. I, went to, I was in jail. I've been in jail since Saturday night. I need my drink, so I'm going to need one to listen to this bullshit. I got pulled over from here, and a warrant came up from a thing I had when I was... 24 years old. I was actually thinking about going to Palm Springs, but then I thought, you know what would be a really good time? Going to jail. Stasi finds out about Jax's jail time and tells him it's karma and that maybe he should start making better decisions. On the other side of the restaurant, Sheena confronts Ariana about this deep, deep lie. And then we need to have a talk. All right. One word with a question mark after it. Tom? Like, how did you not tell me this? I mean, like, you tell me everything. You're my best friend. Why would I tell you something that happened two years ago that makes no difference whatsoever to anything? But it still happened. Ariana didn't want Sheena to have to lie for her, so she kept it to herself. I definitely feel stupid because I don't want to look like a liar. But Ariana lying to me made me lie to everyone. But the way I saw it was I was telling the truth because I didn't know the truth. So by her lying to me, was able to make me not lie. One simple kiss is now believed to be a torrid love affair. Kristen decides to confront Ariana on her break. And although Kristen is the victim here, she's yelling at Ariana and blaming her instead of breaking up or blaming Tom. Kristen, it was my fault. I feel like what you should do is like stop looking at me and turn around and speak to your boyfriend. We've had multiple conversations about this. We have nothing to talk about. Ariana is a shameless. If it makes me this upset, have some respect and back off. Just yell at me. It's my fault. She's the who hooked up with my boyfriend. Kristen is an a bomb, going around yelling at everyone in sight. 
Katie and Stassi are done hearing all of this yelling. Kristen needs people to have her back, but her friends feel like they're done having her back. They're sick of hearing her complain and not just breaking up with her boyfriend who kissed someone else. Ugh. Ariana and Stassi sit down and talk with Lisa. It's been an emotional day. Hey, good night. <laughs> sure, Ariana. Well, I know just They tell her about their experiences with Kristen uh, that evening. And point blank, Stassi says it's not a healthy place for Kristen. And that she doesn't know why she's still even working there. Lisa agrees that enough is enough. She's going to have to deal with Kristen. Kapow! Now that was quite an episode. Did I miss anything? Shoot me an email at VanderpumpRobs at gmail.com. After the break, the car daddy and I talk about this episode. You won't want to miss it. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. You know when you take that first sip of tea in the morning and you're like, today might be okay. Well, this podcast is kind of like that, but for your ears and hopefully your heart. I'm Leah Palmieri and I'm the host of the brand new podcast, A Sip of Positivity. The world is wild these days, but when you just need a little break and something nice, that's where I come in. I'll be chatting with actors, authors, influencers, and other lovely people about the things that are helping them get through these very unpredictable times. It's a look on the bright side and it's a sip of positivity. Available now. Welcome back. It's Vanderpump Robs. Today we've got a very special episode because my guest is a close friend. I know, I every guest is my friend. But this guest made a cameo appearance in the first season of Vanderpump Robs. And he made all of our trading cards, and that's why we call him the Card Daddy. It's Bill Tilly. Bill, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rob. It's great to be here. Oh, man. Did you ever think you'd make it this far? I, uh, no. I don't know. No, I never thought I would make it anywhere at all until <laughs> I got to be fake network executive of several months ago for you. So I figured that was a peak, but I don't think you can put that on a, a LinkedIn profile. So I'm back. Hey, back and better than ever. Uh-huh. Um. Bill, I didn't even know if I was going to make it to season two of Vanderpump Robs, but the people want it, so I have to give it to them. You know, far be it from me. You don't want to disappoint the people, Robs. You don't want that, because they will let you know. And this show needs to be told. It does. It does. Uh, It's funny, since season one of Vanderpump Robs, you know, I've had a lot of work at the Pink Jeans Network. Brittany and I put out season three of the TV show show, where... You know, as of this recording, we're wrapping the end of the newest season of Pumpkin Spice podcast. And you and I have decided to do a Twitch live stream talk show that has just been the ultimate of silliness. And I've loved it. How, how, have you loved it as much as me? Please be honest. Yeah, I have, Rob. It's the <laughs> highlight of my week. It's just it's a wonderful 
release and not have to deal with all the crazy stuff, which we all need all that as much as we can get right now. So, uh, and it's not something I get to do in my, uh, life, my physical life here where I'm at. So uh, you are my, basically you are my, the Lucy to my Charlie Brown every Friday. <laughs> I sit in front of the cardboard podcast booth and you give me <laughs> five cents worth of your wisdom. And then, uh, <laughs> Trick me into not kicking a football, and then the show's over. Yeah, well, da 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 da. Um, <laughs> now, Bill, last season of Vanderpump Robs, you, you know, you'd watch an episode to help me make a trading card for the show. But how far did you end up getting into the Vanderpump Rules universe? Uh, much like in real life, uh, Rob gives you the first hit for free. And <laughs> then you then you pay because you pay up by being completely sucked into this television show that I had no intention of watching uh, that I'm like, it's going to be like every other reality show. But Rob's is my friend. He needs something. And and I don't do anything halfway. I was like, well, I have to watch the show and make sure I do a good job. And before I knew it, it was like, well, there's I'll just watch another episode and another and another. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm sneaking episodes behind work, you know, hiding in dark alleys, watching on my phone. It's it was ridiculous how badly this show completely ate me up and just kept me in there. It's it's insane. It's super addictive. And I think the thing they do really well is keep the seasons relatively short. You know, it's kind of like new Star Trek. Give them 13 and they can binge it all. Yeah, it's a it's a real wrapped up season in a real compact episodes that they don't have any dead space between them, really. Everything just kind of hums along. And and there's a there's an aspect of the show that kept me involved, which is what we'll get into later. It's one of my points for what we're going to talk about, which because this is not like any other reality show I've ever seen. And it's not like the other reality shows that Bravo has in my opinion mm-hmm. and I'll let we'll talk about that later. Yeah, uh before we get into your main points, what was in your I mean you you're a, a I would almost say a television historian, Bill. <laughs> um what would what would you see is the evolution of reality TV? Uh, like the the monkey turning into a man poster. <laughs> more like the monkey in outbreak it's just gonna yeah. evolve and eat us all <laughs> yeah i think there's always going to be two kinds of reality and it's this it's what we've had there's like the game showish type reality which is just you know filming real people dancing and singing and and doing stuff that's always been around and it always will be as far as the tv show part of it it's gonna be difficult because people are becoming much more short attention span and much more jaded and much harder to shock and harder to keep their attention. So I, I'm not sure that reality TV is going to stay on any kind of reality level. I think it's going to be pushed in editing and set up and stuff to a point where it basically becomes the new TV and old TV is just a thing that kind of sits in the background. If it thrives at all, they've just got to try so hard to keep people interested. And I don't know how you do that naturally because a lot of reality is not interesting. It's, all the stuff. Imagine how many hours they do have to edit out of people. Oh yeah, driving places and going and doing things. So, and you can't have that much drama in an everyday kind of setting. You have to manufacture that setting one way or another. And these people don't, which is another part of what makes it interesting. But so I'm, 
Um, I think reality TV might just become a caricature of itself, of itself, of itself in another few years, but I could be wrong. Hey, uh, I'm here for it. I'm, I've got my 3D glasses on waiting for something to pop out of the screen at me. Yeah, it's, it's uh, going to happen. It's, we're going to Jaws 3D this thing right to the end. <laughs> okay, Bill, we've, uh, we've dilly-dallied enough. I need to hear about your three points. Where, where are you going to start? It, we, we also established that these are going to be a surprise to me on today's episode, and I'm, I'm ready for it. I got my catcher's mitt on. Yeah. Send one right down. Yeah, we like surprises. Uh, Rob likes to be surprised. He's surprised another show. Okay, they're kind of in order. So as we're watching along, and uh, we, you know, this is post Tom being outed for kissing Ariana and lying mm-hmm. about it and all that stuff. And there's the the first thing that really hit me was you get to the scene in the alley where Tom comes off work and Jax is out back, and they're mm-hmm. clearly Jax is doing the I'm holding court thing. Uh, yeah. with Stassi and he's doing the thing and, and Tom comes out and just lays into him about telling everybody his business and making up stuff. And Jax is doing his cool, calm thing. And the thing that shot through my head was it's bro code until it's not with Jax yeah. Taylor. It's always yeah. bro code until it's not, which is weird because most guys of certain ages, I think it's probably being bred out of us now to a certain point, but sure. at the time this show was on, it certainly was still in effect that, you know, we all know what the bro code is. It's you keep your mouth shut around your boys. You don't out them. You don't tell their business. You, in a sense, you kind of cover up their lies just so they don't get in trouble and all that stuff. But Jax doesn't subscribe to this theory. And that's what makes him a, an, an amazing character because he will count on the bro code for himself, but will surrender in a heartbeat to keep himself at the front of the attention line. And that's exactly oh, what he yeah. does with Tom, who is one of only two of his best friends in the world, proven best friends who have gone to the mat for this man in ways nobody really should. And he completely doesn't throw Tom under the bus. He throws Tom under the bus, gets in the bus and then drives the bus over Tom. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. And it sets up a, it sets up a sequence of Jack's behavior in a way that you kind of see it throughout the rest of the show. I don't, I, we know how far we go down the line, but it's something you want to watch because it is, you see it in his eyes. It is almost a kind of pathological sociopathic thing that he kicks into his brain that while he's doing it, He's totally justified. He's cool. He's calm. He's collected in a way that he's not. Because when he's trying to bail himself out of things, he's kind of frantic and all over the place. But when he's able to use one of his friends to take the heat off or make himself look a little better, he is like a surgeon. He says the right things at the right times. He, He provokes without provoking. You know, Tom's like, get out of my life. And Jax is like, that's fine. That's fine. I understand you want to feel this way. I get it, you know. Yeah, and, and, and it's just crazy. It should be a, a a relationship ending event between two dudes, and it never is. Well, shit. I mean, it's it should be a relationship. I agree. I should say first off, but also like the fact that Kristen and Tom have attempted to salvage anything since the first time Tom cheated on Kristen is insane. Like mm-hmm. that should have been a relationship ender there. And then Jax wouldn't even have to be, well, Jax would have to find something else to get the heat off of him. But Jesus, like, you've stated it before when we were talking about this, but like, yeah, these people are true to life and these are situations that are real to them. But 
I don't know why Kristen and Tom have stayed together for as long as they do. Maybe it's just human nature and the fear of of uh, ending things in that comfort zone. But good Lord, does it feel like it would save everyone a headache? Well, I think I watching it again, it'd been a while. I think it's two-sided because I think on Kristen's side, I mean, she is a different kind of girl. She's She's got some issues that just, she's hard to pin down. But Tom, it struck me again. It's, and we'll see this. You've seen it up to this point and you'll see it later. Tom Sandoval, he, he, he totally commits to what he is into and believes in. He commits into his Halloween costumes, yeah. his hair, his face care, his drinks. I mean, he gives, there's no such thing as more than a hundred percent, but Tom gives a thousand percent to whatever sure. he's doing. And it's noticed by all his friends. So I'm watching this and I'm going, I kind of get it. Tom is committed to Kristen. And at this point, he has made a mistake and he is trying to make up for it. But he can't not be committed to her. He doesn't give up. And even to the point where he probably should because he puts an inordinate amount of effort into things. And I think this is a prime first era tom example of like he's just in it it's inconceivable of him to quit yeah even when he should and i think that's what you kind of see and i think later on in seasons you start to see it creep in that maybe because he's growing a little bit and getting older that it's one of those lessons you learn that every once in a while it's not a loss if you give up on something that's not worth your time yeah and I think that's what, at this point, this is peak Tom dug in, and he's just like, I don't give up. And I think everybody else is just screaming at him, you kind of should. <laughs> and he doesn't. Tom is a dedicated dude. But, like, I I feel like there's also guilt there. Like, he knows that uh-huh. he's gotten in a fight with Kristen, and he thinks they're going to end it. And so he, you know, kisses Ariana, or he cheats on her her with the girl in Vegas that they talked about. And it's unfortunate because he, I mean, we know what's going to happen in the season finale with Kristen, yeah. uh, which is eye opening to a whole bunch of other things that become projections mm-hmm. that when you rewatch, it's like, Oh, but it is a, everybody sucks here situation. And I might be impeding on another point of yours. So if I am, just let me know. But I think, Ariana says it very well in one of her interviews where she says, um, look, I know that I fucked up and I was inappropriate and I recognize that Kristen is the victim here. Like she is the one suffering from the actions of Tom and myself, but the way she's handling it is not putting her in a positive light to anyone that's around her. So no one wants to deal with the frantic yelling at work. And it's like, God, that does suck because you can tell Kristen is passionate and hurting, but like, you can't just go calling everyone the C word and expect them to like, want (laughs) to have a discussion with you. No, that's bad diplomacy. No, I a hundred percent agree. I watched her and I remembered that and I'm like, she's absolutely right. She, Ariana was operating on what Tom told her, which was if they said they're breaking up, they're breaking up regardless of the fact that they both say they only kissed, which is still not great. I mean, it's not as bad as it could be, but he is in the wrong. And when she says, go talk to you, everybody says, go talk to your boyfriend. Even Tom is standing in the doorway, screaming at her, yell at me. I'm the one that screwed up and she can't do it. So you, you do 
at that point you feel for, but you're also like, you cannot argue with hyper emotion. Emotion is not something where you can negotiate or deal with. Yeah. Kristen is 99.9% emotion. She doesn't really logically direct any of it. So it, it is kind of a rough spot. Nobody looks good in that situation, but at the same time, she, it's not that she looks bad because you feel bad for her, but you also look at her and you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I was there, what I could possibly do for you because you're not going to listen to anybody. You're just, yeah, you're just in a tailspin. Absolutely. Um, let's, let's, let's keep going. What else do you got on the docket, Bill? Okay. And that kind of leads into some of this other stuff. I had another point and this, I want to mention season two is kind of where I went back to being on team Stassi. And uh-huh. the way I'll just describe it is after watching season one, I was not a big fan of the girl. It's like, okay, sure. I get it. I understand. She's kind of the, the quote unquote, you know, star of the show, but she's not very likable at all. Uh, she's got some real bad tendencies. And then when season two came around, I was like, you know, I'm kind of back on her side in a way because what she says and what she does are the same thing. She's mm-hmm. very much aware that she behaves in the exact same way that she, everybody else does, except she kind of owns it. Yeah. And the way yeah. she looks at the camera when she does her her one-on-ones is just kind of amazing. It's not like the other ones do because you can just tell that she's got it on her face, that she's just telling it like it is, even if it's about her. And you kind of be like, all right, uh, I kind of can respect that because you're playing the game, but you're also acknowledging you're one of the biggest players in the game. So mm-hmm. I wrote down the note, lies, lies, lies are the truth. <laughs> on this show. Um, everybody lies. They've all got something to lie about. It just happens. It comes up that way and they'll all commit to it. They'll all kind of push it to the background and avoid it and whatever. But it's always strange that then at some point they sit in this confessional and look right in the camera and they tell you the truth. Yeah. Eventually they tell you everything exactly as it will be told on screen at some point. So even though the, they're lying about it, they know it's deep down at some point. It's all going to come out. If nothing else, these people, we know they watch the show. Yeah, except for Jax. So it's kind of amazing. And this is the part of the show that really gripped me because I'm like, I don't I, I didn't get it at this point in the show. I'm like, they're, they know. They absolutely know that they're going to get called out on this. But they are so sunk into this lie at this particular episode. And either they're happy that it's covered up or they haven't been caught. And it's like, how are you living with yourself at this point? It fascinates me. I don't know how they get through the day, but they do. They just <laughs> breeze right on through. It's no big deal. I don't know if maybe they're thinking maybe if it sits there long enough that they can kind of mitigate it when it finally blows up in their face. I'm I'm not sure. The only exception to that, that and that's what Stassi was, she was, she'll just tell you, she'll say a thing that you that nobody would want their friends to say, and she'll say it right into the camera and be like, you know, she's got that look on her face. Like, she's like, I know they're going to hear this. And I just, I don't care. Yeah. It's just, like, I mean, all right. By the time it airs, we'll all be past it or hate each other. Exactly. It's almost like there's a statute of limitations on it. Yeah. You know, if they can get past, if it comes up, they can be like, well, that was, that was last season, Kristen, or that was two years ago, Katie. Get over it. That kind of, I don't know. I think we've all traded in that youth statute of limitations yeah. at some point. And they're, they're in their twenties at this point. So they're deep, deep into 
that with the only exception again being Jax Taylor because Jax truly lives in his world so hard that when he tells a lie he is so committed to it even when he looks in the camera in the confessional and lies about it he and gets told you know we've kind of seen it happen he'll just be like I don't remember that he's the he's mm-hmm. the absolute perfect politician why he is not running the country maybe he will be I don't know things are up in the air terrifying it's just it's just a fascinating sociological thing to watch it blows me away every time I see it I am right there with you, Bill. I I mean, I couldn't have said it better than you. It, it is it is amazing the, I don't know, diaspora between uh, confessionals <laughs> and what we see filmed at the restaurant, let's say. Um, I will give a little side note to some funny story that friend of the podcast, Peter Madrigal, told me when we were recording an episode of Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob. Yeah. Um, uh, when you know we, when you're starting out a podcast, you're usually still trying to like find your flow and and figure out how you're going to talk about movies. For example, on that show, and um, we were watching Back to the Future, um, and we, you know, we're going scene by scene and talking about how it affected us in our youth and blah 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 blah. And Peter gives a story about how he was waiting to have one of his confessionals on. Vanderpump Rules, and he just started like humming this theme song to Back to the Future, like dun 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 dun, dun, dun. and people were like, "Oh man, is that Back to the Future?" And he's like, "Yeah, I think so. I've never seen the movie." And like the entire crew was just like, "You've never seen Back to the Future?" Oh my god! And he went home and watched it like right after that day's taping or something like that. And uh, I mean, that was like probably around season three or four. But it was so funny to like just hear that. Like it is not even like gossip or anything, but just that funny sort of like behind the scenes. Everyone's just having a goofy time doing their interviews. And of course, Peter is like the least drama filled dude on the show. And his like stuff is talking about Back to the Future. I love it. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. He got a pop culture call out on the set yeah. of this television show. That's great. <laughs> you know, those things happen. And, and I think that's another thing about them. I'm like, you can tell, like, that's a fascinating thing about this show is these are real people. They just live in a world that none of the rest of us live in. I mean, this is deep LA, you know, everybody's actors models this. They live a life that most of us in the world don't, but they do to them. A lot of this is normal. It's just normal behavior. So in a sense, this show is kind of the purest reality TV you could get to still have this kind of content in it, which is kind of amazing. Well, and that is true because like if I want to reference, I believe it was episode two of this season. I talked to Louisa Black and she had never seen the show and she doesn't watch shows like this, but I really wanted that perspective. And you know, there was some fun poking at like the idea of this being reality and not being reality and why are we filming this? But when you take a look at like the scope of this show, Vanderpump Rules, is to follow these characters. It is a very true form of what these people's experiences are. Now, could it be said any sort of thing about do they actually you know, serve at this restaurant anymore? Like how real is their work shift versus their filming shift? Sure. But when you're talking emotions, I think you hit it right on the head, Bill. It is so pure. 
exactly. That is exactly how I feel about it because I can remember when the best example was the real world. I remember when that mm-hmm. came on, you know, the, the granddaddy of, of reality TV. And a lot of those shows are, you know, we take normal people and we throw them in an apartment in big city and we see what happens. And that's not really reality. That's a three month no. spring break of people who mostly are almost never setting out to be actors or famous or any of that kind of stuff. They don't live that life. So in a little bit of a way, I mean, it's sort of reality, but it's not because everything's distorted and blown out of proportion. You just kind of look at it like you're going to just you're just curious about what's going to happen and what weird things. But with these people, it's like this is their life. This is how they are, which actually all that leads into the third point of the show. Yeah, bring it on is. I look when I watch this show and this was the peak point of when I see this, especially with the, the whole Tom and. And Kristen thing. My third point is the camera is real. The world is fake. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because this like is, that. yeah, these, these folks are completely born to this world. That camera, most people, you know, if you say, like, hey, we're going to put you in here and like the real world people, there's cameras everywhere and you're supposed to forget they're there, but there are crews. They're being filmed. They'll all say it was like weird to have people follow me around, watch me eat cereal for 20 minutes and say nothing. And you're, confused and why are they filming this and they don't quite understand it but not Stasi and Jackson the crew they're all out for this their life is fame they all want to be famous and rich and in front of the camera so that camera being there for them truly does not exist it's just this ethereal thing that just sits there it's what they want they want to be on this camera they want to be famous so they just adopt it like it's nothing and it's probably what makes it a real pure example of this people and these lives because they truly let it go. It's yeah. crazy. When they see the rest of the real world or things that pop up, like that's the part that's their fantasy. They don't understand it. Like they can't, they, they can't comprehend that it's a 45 minute drive to the beach when it's two miles to them. This is just Armageddon. Oh my God. Why did <laughs> Sheena move to the, to the Marina? This is the, ah, it's, it's like if you anybody else had been like, I don't know why my kids had to move clear across the country and we'll never see each other to them. It's like earth shattering. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It's all the stuff that we look at and would go, oh, my God, that's just the fakest thing ever. Why are you leaving your vacuous thing? But <laughs> not to them. They're living yeah. and they're living it. They love every minute. And I think that's part of the reason why it's so real is they truly just they give their lives to that camera good, bad, lies, truth, indifferent, and we get to see it all. And that's what makes this show far and away different than any other reality show you could possibly look at. Yeah, well put, Bill. Um, Thanks for coming on the podcast today. I think I'm going to have to have you back in season three. I'll tell you that right now. And I think think there's going to have to be a day where on the Twitch stream we just talk Vanderpump Rules and... That'll probably have already happened because it would be fun to do on like launch day of season two of this podcast, don't you think? I think that would be awesome. I'm always down to talk about a show that I never thought I would ever watch. So, <laughs> and I have you to thank for it. You are my reality show pusher, Rob. You did, you just uh, well, one of these days I'll give you a discount on the next hit. Um, oh, that's sweet. I know you won't, but that's sweet to say. <laughs> Well, uh, Bill, is there anything at this point that you would like to plug before I let you get out of here? 
Uh, the things I would like to plug, uh, I'm also the social media director for the internet and Instagram, the uh, Twitter accounts for a podcast, The Greatest Generation and Greatest Discovery by Adam Pranik and Ben Harrison. You are familiar with these two men. Uh, their I shows am. are available on the Maximum Fun Network. If you're a Star Trek fan or a comedy fan or both, um, these shows are really interesting. They're not uh, just kind of your standard Star Trek shows. These are two guys with film backgrounds who are also fans. So basically we look at these shows, we talk about what we, we talk about what they love and they kind of take the piss out of them with some really amazing humor. So yeah, if you're interested in any of that, please check it out. And I have to say, Bill, that is 100% true because I was never a Star Trek fan and I met Ben who was in this season, you know, look back a couple episodes, you'll see Ben's episode. And, uh, Ben asked me to help out on the greatest discovery. And so I started listening to the greatest generation to get a feel for their podcast flow. And I was like, Oh, I think I should check out star Trek. And then it was like, a like I was never a star Trek guy and now I am. And, but you don't have to like Star Trek to respect the comedy of the podcast. And I think that's one of the best parts about it. Does it help? Absolutely. But uh, they make some quality shows over there at Uxbridge Shimoda. Yes. Yeah. Especially if you're a, and if you're somebody who likes sci-fi or that stuff, but you're not into like the hardcore side of it, like you don't memorize the rules and the logistics yeah. and want to dress up and stuff. Oh, uh, that's, that's great because we don't, uh, you don't have to be, you can be just somebody that thought, man, that show was funny and I'd like to hear some funny stuff about it. Then that's definitely where you want to go. And they've been kind enough to be my friends for a while and basically bring me on board to this juggernaut in an official capacity. So we get to be coworkers, which is kind of fun. If you like the trading cards that Bill makes for this podcast, you will love the trading cards he makes for greatest gen and greatest discovery. It's all great. Bill, thanks again, man. I appreciate having you on the show, and uh, let's do it again sometime. All right. I appreciate you having me. Everybody, please go check out Rob's other projects. Check out all the Pink Jeans, Pumpkin Spice podcast, TV show show, Vanderpump Rob's, and his work with Peter over at Magic Alta Movies. Rob's is great. Uh, You will not be disappointed. Your ears will thank you for it. Ah, okay. End recording. (laughs) Thank you, Bill. (laughs) Thanks, Rob's. Bill is a television encyclopedia, so hearing his thoughts on this was a heck of a lot of fun. But you know what else is fun? The dumpster moment. Today's moment is one of those golden dumpster moments that happens by the dumpsters. And it's when Tom explodes on Jackson, a fiery ball of I fucked up rage. I would just f***ing love Jackson. I would just f***ing love to f***ing tell the world what a f***ing piece of sh- you f***ing are, man. You can hate me all you want, but I'm going to be honest. I never f***ing said that As God is my witness on my mom and dad's life. As God is my witness on my mom and dad's life, I did not f***ing say that okay. to you. Okay, okay. Well, that's it for this episode. Only two left, can you believe it? So let's get to it. Thank you, Marie Hill, for editing this episode, and to Jeremy Siegel for composing all of my theme music. For more information on this podcast and other podcasts I help make, please visit PinkChainsProductions.com. And don't forget to leave this podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I'll see you next episode.
Rob, is that who we're talking about? Yeah. When I was making the sizzle reel for this show, I, for the life of me, could not find the song that they play during the season two trailer on Bravo, which is like, you, me, he, she, journey through the cosmic sky. Everybody, everybody, woohoo. Obviously, I'm not a singer, especially after eating two breakfast tacos. Anyway, let's get into it.